Hello and welcome to Broken Spines at the End of the World, the podcast where we talk about books, both the ones we read and the ones we're trying to write. Yes, we are still doing that, um, even though we haven't talked about it in ages. But We haven't written in ages, so that just correlates. But Yeah. Anyways, I'm Ellen. I'm Sarah. And today we're going to take a look back at what we read in 2022, a bit of everything. A bit of everything. So how was your reading year in 2022? You've reached your Goodreads, is it Goodreads Yes. For the first time in many years, I reached my Goodreads goal. It's been at 50 books for, I don't know, like four years, I think. And I always managed to read about 40. Uh, but this year, just like at the end of the year, I managed to read my 50th book. This is where we add in the applause. Yay. The well-deserved Woo-hoo. applause. <laughs> yeah, I um, I was kind of stressed out about it because I was at 49 and I was like, no, I, I, need, I need to. I mean, it's kind of funny, but so not the goal of that. No, I know, but it happens anyway. But I, I feel you. Uh, this one year, it was, I think, 2018. Um, I read 99 books. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I have one day left. Should I read another one? Just so I have the 100. But I just, I couldn't. So I was like, ah, next year. And then I, I didn't, I never, never again. Yeah. I consider just leaving it at 49. But then I was like, no, I ain't no quitter. I'm going to reach 50 this year. Because who knows when I will ever get near that number again. Mm-hmm. So I finished off my year by reading The Little Prince. Oh, a wonderful story. Well, <coughs> I'm sorry, Hafsa, if you listen to this episode, but I didn't. I didn't really like it. I liked it. I read it. Did I read it this year or last year? Let me check. I think I read it last year. I think you read it this year when you were in Sweden. I did read it when I was in Sweden. But was it this year or was it last year? Because I don't know if you've noticed, but I am in Sweden all the time. (laughs) Hafsa would disagree. I mean, she would, but, but still... I think it was last year, actually. While you're looking that up, I'm going to give a little bit of context. When we talk about Sweden... It was last year. Last year, okay. Last year. I remember seeing you read it on Instagram. That's because I overshare on the internet. (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) It was a very uh, special experience for me reading that book because it was gifted to me um, by one of my best friends. She... If she hears this, she'll be like, ooh, it's me. Uh, it's her. <laughs> um, and I read it while she was sitting next to me. So it was very much the experience that enhanced the beauty of the story. Yeah. Well, um, Sarah and I went and visited this friend, Hafsa, in Sweden uh, last week. It already seems like an eternity ago, but I'm, it was I'm sorry, only last, last week. week? Yeah, we're still only the 13th. Oh, shit. oh, it's Friday the 13th. Yeah, it's a lucky day. Whoop-de-fucking-do. 
I completely blank that it was last week. It feels like yeah. months ago. It feels like months ago. Yeah. But it was so much fun. And we'll, we'll get back to her and like what we did while we were there later on. And I at some point that... we are going to drag her into this. Yeah. So we can all like a her. feature and you all are going to be like, oh, that's her. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, my last book was The Little Prince and I felt like it was just okay it didn't really do anything for me I liked the part with the fox but other than that it it didn't really get to me for some reason but then again not a lot of books really managed to get to me this year because I usually like tear up or full out cry like often when I'm reading also when you're reading <laughs> <laughs> also when I'm reading but it it just it didn't happen this year I had a very meh reading year that's was sort you? of sad I like to I like to love books mm-hmm. first and foremost and then second favorite is hating them <laughs> but just meh is just so underwhelming yeah yeah, there's not a lot else I can say about it. How was your reading year? Um, It was pretty good. I'm just looking over the list of the books I've read this year. And to be honest, I time escapes me often. So I don't always remember what was this year, what was last year, what was ti- five years ago. Um, but I read some pretty good books this year. I read some pretty bad books this year, <laughs> um, but we'll get to those as well. Yeah. And then I had uh, quite a few underwhelming ones, mm-hmm. which is a shame. But I read 51 books. Well done. Uh, thank you. Thank you. Which is a nice number. I think I was hoping for more. Um, but there's always this year to do more and i mean we both read like a decent amount of books like it's 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 still a lot 50 like that's almost a book a week yeah that's true we did well we did very well um what I'm hoping for, I mean, we'll get to that later, I guess. But what I'm hoping for for this year is to be more excited um, yeah. about what I'm reading. Yeah. Well, we, we will get yeah. to that later. I won't yeah. go into that right now. Um, maybe, like, going off from the, we, we can be proud of ourselves. We did really well. Um, I would like to wrap up our December AKA our readathon that we did, the reindeer readathon, because, well, I think no one's surprised. <laughs> I didn't do very well on that. I mean, honestly, did I expect myself or us um, to finish the readathon? No. Did I do much better than I expected? Yeah, kind of. I read, how many books did I read? Four? Which is not bad, considering that it is December. Like, 
It's the most chaotic month of the year. It's so stressful. Um, then there's the lack of sunlight and the pressure from all the holiday gatherings, things, and end of the year work and end of the year everything. And it always catches me by surprise that December is kind of shitty. Mm-hmm. Um, but December is always kind of shitty. <laughs> um, and it's just such an overwhelming month in general. So yeah. I think I did well reading four books. Yeah. I read, well, I read, wait. I read six. Look at you go. And I finished another one. So I finished seven books. Two of those, I have to specify, were very long fan fictions. Those count. We we count. That's lots of words. I mean, I looked it up. One was like the equivalent of 600 pages. And another one was like the equivalent of 350 pages. Jesus Christ. Okay, tell me. Fandom and Constellation. Uh, Fandom. I only read one kind of fan fiction So it's Harry Potter. Yeah, Jermione. Jermione. Oh, a good choice. Because I will never ever get over it i'm sorry i've never read a germany one to no? be honest i never read straight fan fiction so oh no actually like there's this podcast fangasm oh yeah i told you about that one right don't don't leah you did so through fangasm i've actually consumed straight fan fiction yes uh it was a snape hermione one and oh, i'm scarred no, no. for oh, life it- Awful, awful. Very, very bad. And the descriptions of Snape were... very entertaining. Oh my god, no. He sounded like an elderly man. And oh my god, it was so gross. And there was like a bathroom scene. No. No! Mm-hmm. Yeah, they were like taking a bath. We're not going to go into details here, but um, his pale skin no, and no, his no, black no, hair no, was no, 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 no. a lot. <laughs> So ah. I'm gonna I'm gonna stay on the queer side of fan fiction. I think. Yeah, I mean, uh, I can recommend the podcast Fangasm. It's just a lot of fun. It's basically uh, three people reading fan fiction out loud, and it's not just Harry Potter. It's like different fandoms. Mm-hmm. Just look it up. Do yourself a favor. Look it up. I have cried listening to that fan ca- of to that podcast because it's just so so funny it's so funny it feels like you're reading it with friends and it's <sighs> just it's so good it's amazing it kind of fell off my radar again but um yeah same. that's what i'll be doing after this <laughs> <laughs> it is so much fun you should you should definitely check it out yeah okay well so two how many books that were on your tbr did you end up reading for the read tom Four. All four books were All on four. Congratulations. Yeah. Look at me. She pulls through, kind of, sort of. Not really, but at least I a little. I just am unable <coughs> to make a TBR and stick to it. I just cannot do it. I read two. That were on I want to say neither am I, but then I kind of did. Then you did so it. My maybe problem I just is... don't know myself. My problem is that I'm always so excited about those books when I make the TBR. 
But then that enthusiasm fades over time. I just can't hold on to it for an entire mm. month. That's I why I don't do monthly do TBRs. Yeah. Or that this one was like the first one that actually worked. Mm-hmm. Um, which I don't know exactly why. I was very excited about a bunch of these books on my TBR. But then again, I only read four out of the, what was it, nine? Twelve. Twelve. <laughs> oh, damn. Thirteen even, I think. Oh, no, we didn't find one for the thirteen one. Um, no, because we were not that delusional. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the books that were on my list remain on my to-read list. Like, it's not that I completely lost interest in them. Yeah, same here. I did start two more than I finished. Yeah. Um. um Oh, same, same. I cited two other ones too. Yeah, and they both um, so far are really good, so I'm going to finish them. Mm-hmm. Just it was not in time for this. It no. might not even be in time for end of January. Nobody knows when they're going to get finished, but they are going to get finished. One day. Exactly. Okay, let's talk about the books that we actually read. Do so you, you got... to read it on? Yeah. Oh, okay. Should we not? Because yeah, we yeah, did yeah. announce the TBR and everything. Yeah. Okay, you go. All right, I go. So I read four out of my TBR. Um, one is very popular, or was very popular a couple of years ago, The Guest List by Lucy Foley. Yeah. It's a thriller. It's about this wedding party on an Irish, on an island off the coast of Ireland. Um, it was very underwhelming. Mm-hmm. It wasn't very twisty or turny. Um, I didn't like any of the people. Um, and the thing is, you couldn't really guess along. Yeah. Like, what's really fun with a thriller is, okay, this happened, and then the story is slowly revealed to you, right? Mm-hmm. And you slowly find out who done it, what happened, who has grievance with whom. Um, and you're sort of along for the ride, but you can always go like, oh, I think it's that guy. Yeah. Oh, I think her, she did it, because that, that, that was just released, revealed to us. But with the guest list, you don't get to know who died for the longest time. And then it's like, what what am I supposed to guess? Yeah. So, yeah. It wasn't very good. Then I read um, Chunky by William S. Burroughs. He's one of the beatniks. And as always with the beatniks, it's strangely fascinating, Mm. but also sort of just privileged whiny men pretending to be bums. Mm -hmm. Um, This one is a bit special because it is about his journey as a heroin junkie. Mm -hmm. Um. So, yeah, it was very descriptive. Like, a lot of the time, you just he describes everything so thoroughly, his day-to-day. And then I met that guy, and then I did that, and then I did that. And you're like, okay. So my emotions would be nice, but not many emotions are to be found. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was interesting, in a way. Um As always with the beatnik, sexuality is a bit of a question mark. Yeah. Like, they are queer, but at the same time, they're homophobic. 
which I guess is a symptom of the time. Mm-hmm. But it's really weird to read. Fascinating, but weird. And then another underwhelming book was Magic Lessons by Alice Hoffman. She mm-hmm. wrote uh, Practical Magic. Yeah. Which is a great, if badly aged movie. Like, it's not a good movie, but it's a great movie. Um, because I saw it as a child and now it's embedded in my brain. So it doesn't matter if it's a bad movie, it's still a great movie. Um, but the book Magic Lessons is the prequel mm-hmm. to Practical Magic and it's terribly boring. So that was a shame. Um, and then the only really good book that I read for the readathon was by Emi Yagi, Diary of a Void, which is about this woman. She works in an office and she has to do all the small tasks because she's the only woman in the office. She has to clean the dishes when they get presents from a client. She's the one who has to distribute it to everybody. She's like the mom of the office just by default because she's a woman. And um, if she doesn't do the tasks, no one does them. Mm-hmm. But no one thanks her for doing the tasks either. No one sees her doing the tasks. It's just expected that she does them. Yeah. And then at some time she just figures she's sick of that and she pretends to be pregnant because pregnant her doesn't have to do the tasks. Pregnant her can leave on time and go home at five instead of staying until the small hours. Um, Pregnant her doesn't have to do the lifting tasks. Pregnant her doesn't have to do the dishes. Um, and then she just goes with the lie and sort of loses herself in it a bit. And then stuff happens. It's very mm-hmm. good. It sounds really interesting. I'm thinking of pretending to be pregnant now. <laughs> I don't think it would work out quite as well as it does with her, but yeah, it's uh, very, very intriguing. So yeah, those were my readathon books. Um, Sadly, only one of them is good. One of them is kind of good, and two, not so much. Um, but now I know. Mm-hmm. What about yep. you? Okay, let's see. I started off by reading A Psalm for the Wild Build by Becky Chambers. It's about um, a tea monk. And they start out as, like, a a gardening monk, I think. And then they decide that they are sick of that, that they want to do something else. So they become a tea monk and they travel around in or with, like, a wagon. And they go from town to town to basically be people's therapists and make them tea that, like, helps um, based on like the problems that they tell the tea monk, um, like some of them are like really tired or really overwhelmed, and then they will get tea to like get better sleep or like reduce the anxiety or stuff like that. Um, so they do that for a while, and then one day they decide that they need a break. 
and they decide to um, travel to this, I don't know, old um, conservatory or something, um, which is a while away in like the wilderness. And as they are traveling there, they meet a robot. And in itself, that's not really very special because they're used to be a lot of robots in this world but they all decided that they had had it with humanity and they all went away like all the robots went away um and this is the first robot human interaction in like a very very long time and this robot i think his name is muscap Uh, i don't quite remember um but it, it was something like that it's like they name themselves after the first thing they see when they wake up which i really liked um and they basically want to go back to humanity um or this robot wants to go back to humanity to see if they are ready to like have the robots come back or like mingle again or something like that So it's a very, very small book with a lot of like philosophical talk. Um, I should have looked up some examples because there were some really good lines in there. I remember one is basically um, the tea monk is like going on and on about his purpose or sorry, their purpose um, in life and how they don't really know what that is anymore and then the robot says something like why do you need a purpose why can't you just be and there were like a lot of those moments um so yeah i liked it but didn't love it which seemed to be the case with a lot of books um Then I read The Last Bear by Hannah Gold, I think. Let me look that up real quick. Yeah, Hannah Gold. Um, I read this as a review for the literary newspaper that I sometimes review books for. It's about this, it's a middle grade book. Um, or like young middle grade book. And it's about a girl and... Um, It's just her and her dad, and her dad is a scientist, and he gets the opportunity to go to Bear Island, which is an island off the coast of Iceland or Greenland, um, like above the Arctic Circle. And there used to be a lot of bears on Bear Island, but global warming, (laughs) all of the ice caps have melted, so the bears can't get to Bear Island anymore. Uh, So there are no more bears on Bear Island. Um, and her dad gets the opportunity to go work there for, I don't know, like a couple of months. And she goes along with him. And while her dad is doing all the science stuff, she goes out and explores the island. And one day she finds a polar bear who is very, very thin, has his... Like one of his paws is stuck in like plastic netting and stuff. And because this is a young middle grade book, she 
has this connection to this bear and they understand each other. Like they feel what the other one means. So she's that able to help so him. So cute. Yeah. Like, it was because it was it's really a young cute. middle grade. If it was anything else, that girl be dead. Yeah. <laughs> you do not want to meet a polar bear. No. No. But it was very fairy tale like in that way. Um so she helps the bear and then she decides that she is going to help him get back to her family. Oh, we got a visitor. The visitor was denied. Did he want a cookie? No, he wanted like crisps, chips. Anyway, back to the book. Um, yeah, so, so she decides to help Bear get back to his family. Um, but has this very positive um, idea of the outcome of like what her plan actually is. It's basically putting herself in mortal danger. But, you know, Polar why bears. not? Mm. Um, this book talks a lot about like global warming, climate change, and the very real effects that those are having um, on the environment and animals, specifically ice bears in this case. Um, it was really good. I read half of it in Dutch and then I listened to the other half in English on audiobook. Um, and both were really, really well done. Like the writing was really well done. It read very, very fluently and listening to it was also fun because the narrator did a really good job. So it was a good one. Cool. It also has a gorgeous cover. <laughs> it's like all soft pastel pinks and blues. And then the title is like in gold, like shiny nice. gold lettering. Very nice. Um... Then what else do I have? I have those two fanfics that I won't go into detail. I read Binti mm -hmm. by Nedi Okarafor. That is still on my TBR. Yeah. Very, very short book about a human or like earth um, earthling, I guess you could say. Like a woman who lives on earth. And she is the first of her tribe to be um, accepted into a university out in space. Um, but getting to that university proves to be very difficult because the ship that she's traveling on is attacked by uh, an alien race. They are basic. Ba they are basically, basically, basically. 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 Um, jellyfish. And I'm not a hundred percent sure like if they had like a a body, I think so. I think their head is like a a jellyfish and then they have like a body. Not quite sure. That's how I'm picturing that. Like them. a humanoid body? I think so. With like I arms and legs. I can't remember if they actually say that they have arms and legs but that's how I pictured it because I thought it would be very weird if it was just jellyfish floating in space I mean why not 
everything floats in space anyway, so it, why not jellyfish? It doesn't. It doesn't really matter anyway. Um. Yeah. So they have taken over the ship, and they want to basically um have like uh the ship not crash into the university but like get them like trojan horse them into the university because mm-hmm. the university has something that they want back um i think for being such a short book it did a lot first off it was a really great science fiction book or story um it also like talks about um, the thing that we see in our world too, where people put things in museums that don't really belong to them. And yeah, it was just it was a re- it was really good. I read it really really quickly because I wanted to know how it ended. So, but it's part of a series. So if I really want to know how it ends, I have somewhere reading to do um then i already talked about the little prince and the last book that i finished in december but didn't count towards the readathon because i'd already read like 80 percent of it before december was legends and lattes by travis baldry that book's been absolutely everywhere yes it has it's a cozy fantasy Meaning that it has all of the fantasy elements, but not a lot of action. Like, there are no high stakes. It's just vibes, basically. (laughs) Cozy vibes. I'm Um, very intrigued, but I'm sort of apprehensive about starting it because I'm not so sure if I'm going to like it or if I'm going to be bored. But I kind of feel like maybe soon I should give it a try. I think you should give it a try. When you're like having a really cozy day, I think that if you are in a cozy mood, you'll like it. Mm. I think the reason why I didn't finish it in one go was because I had too much shit going on in November and December. Um, And then once I put it down, it was difficult to pick it back up again. Because I was doing all of these other things and I wasn't really in a cozy mood. Uh, basically, this book is um, about an orc called Viv, and she is tired of fighting. Um, so she starts her own coffee shop, and then she hires some help <laughs> for the coffee shop, <laughs> and that's it. That's it. Honestly, I'm tired of fighting. I should start a coffee shop. Yeah. Like it does sound very intriguing. What this book does really, really well <clears throat> is establishing relationships between the characters. Um there's a little bit of romance in there, but like that didn't do it for me. Like I wasn't interested in the romance at all. Um, but there's a lot of friendship and like mutual respect and all of that in there. Um, and then there are the descriptions of like the cafe coffee shop 
Um, of course, they describe the coffee and the smell of the coffee and the process of making the coffee. That is so and the up people your enjoying, alley. Yeah, the people enjoying the coffee. But then there's also like a rat-like figure who is basically a genius chef, like the best pastry chef ever. Basically. Well, again, more humanoid, I think. Mm. Um, but ratty. And I'm just picturing um, Peter Pettigrew now. <laughs> no. Not disgusting ratty. Huge I'm ratty. like, I don't want to eat pastry he made. No. He is he's a, he was very very cute. He doesn't okay. say a lot, but he's very very clever. Um and he makes amazing cinnamon rolls and pain au chocolat and croissants and cookies and all of that. Everything you could possibly want. Okay, so what I'm make. hearing is that I should not start reading this book before I got my pastry ready. Yeah. Because what you need be hungry is like a cozy day and you make yourself a nice cup of coffee and you get yourself a nice pastry or like some cookies or something like whatever you like best if possible a cinnamon roll oh and then you you climb into bed or onto your couch under a blanket or something. You get like the coziest you could possibly be. And then you read this book. And it will be glorious. Nice. Okay. Yeah. That is my only plan now for this year. Well, is for that to happen. I mean, yeah. It wasn't like one of my favorite books. Like it's not on the list that I have lying here. Because I I couldn't get that. Like, if I had gotten a cozy day to myself, which never fucking happens, <laughs> I would have loved this. 100%. Mm. But since I never get a fucking day to myself, let alone a cozy one. Well, there's more in the cozy literature, cozy fantasy, as I've heard from other people who have been very excited about Legends and Lattes, and now they're reading more cozy fantasies so yeah. your chance is still out there i mean i i feel like Upsom for the wild built fits into that category as well and i still have the second one to that duology to read mm. so it's very short also that one so maybe I like half to read those but maybe i can get like half a cozy day maybe that's doable like a couple of hours to myself please god if anything <laughs> Can Give you hear the stress or is it is it just me? <laughs> I do want to um read those as well. But so far I've only read To Be Taught the Fortunate by Becky Chambers and unfortunately that was very boring. Yeah. Um but that might just be that one. Uh I'll give her another try for sure. I still have the um I don't know if it was her first book, but the long oh, way the Wayfair to a series. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that one long way to a small angry planet mm -hmm. which i still find intriguing i'm just procrastinating well, for some I reason i am absolutely not interested in reading that i don't know why mm. it yeah, just well. does not sound interesting to me anyway so you've mentioned your list of favorites let's let's get into that well 
the question is, do we want to do the favorites first or do we want to do like the ones that we absolutely did not like first? The choice is yours, my lady. I mean, if we have like good news, bad news, you all always want to have the bad news first, right? Yes, let's go out on a good note. So yeah, let's put the hate out in the world first. And then... Okay, I'll have to have a look though, because I don't know which ones, if there were any that I was like really... Do you want me to start? Yeah, I have a because lot of... I am. I'm ready. <laughs> I have like a lot of three stars on here. The thing is, if I really didn't like a book, I just didn't finish it. That's the thing um, that I'm going to try to be better at this year. To just go like, no, you are not worth my time. Yeah. Um, also, I don't do star ratings, so I, it's always just vibes. But if it makes me angry to think about it, I'm like, yeah, I did not like you. I have a couple that really disappointed me, though. So I'll, I'll do that. This one. I'll do yeah. those. Okay. But if you have some that you really hate it, go for it. I mean, one that was just very underwhelming was Scallant by V.E. Schwab. Yeah. Because it was just too. boring. Yeah, nothing um, happened in that book. <laughs> nothing, really. And it had so much potential. Um, Gallant, for those of you who don't know, is about this girl and she goes to this house that is her family's house, I think. Yeah, like family she didn't Gallant. know she had. Yes, and the house is called Gallant. And then there's like this wall in the garden and there's like a cracks in the wall and there's another dimension, parallel universe, something going on at the other side of the crack. And it sounds all eerie and gothic and full of potential. Mm -hmm. And then it does not pull through whatsoever. No. Yeah, it The characters it are very forgettable. The story is... Very forgettable. There's no payoff. Um, it's, yeah. I should have stopped reading after like 30 pages, but I read the whole thing. and I, I don't even remember it. how it ends. Me neither, that's the thing. <laughs> I also don't remember all the characters. I know there was like a cousin and an uncle or something. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't remember most of it. It was very, very boring. Um... Speaking of <laughs> the Ishmael, this year was the year I read The Invisible Life of Adir LaRue. Yeah, see, that one isn't on my list because I didn't you actually it finish year. it. Yeah. No, I didn't finish it again. But I you read did it. read it once, right? Yes. That was last, like the I, year before. Though. Yes, Two I read months. it last year and then I actually really liked it. But I And think... then I ruined it. No, 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 no. I think I liked the idea of it. Because I really liked um, the, the shadowy guy. The idea is really cool. But they I don't mean, do anything with that shadowy guy. No. Like, he's the only good thing about the book. And they don't use him. Not at all. At all. So now I went back in and read a lot of it with you. Mm. And it just made me realize how much nothing there is in that book. Mm. I mean, the idea is, again, very intriguing. Mm -hmm. It's about this girl who makes a deal with a devil or a demon or some sort of spirit that she um, doesn't have to marry this old dude she was supposed to marry and she can disappear and run away. So she lives forever 
Um, but the catch is that she will not be remembered by anybody. As soon as she's out of sight, she is out of mind, literally. And then she meets this one guy that remembers her. And that's the premise. Yeah. And it sounds so good. But then but it's, it's just so bad. nothing. Yeah. It's really long and nothing happens. Nothing um, she's happens. 300 years old and she has not adapted to her life whatsoever. I expected so much cleverness mm-hmm. um, from the character and the writer, to be honest. And I didn't get that. No. Um, I expected chemistry that I didn't get. I really, really hated that guy, Henry, I think he's called. I think it was Henry. Um, yeah, he's just the wet blanket. Yes. Like, a, a, oh, the most uncomfortable mm-hmm. you could ever be. That's him. I just really hated him. Yeah. And yeah, I read the whole thing. I shouldn't have. Yeah, well, I gave up like not even halfway through because I I just couldn't do it anymore. Mm-hmm. That being said, if you or any of you out there, if you also didn't really like this book, but you liked the idea of it, there's this book called Devotion by Hannah Kent. Um, my friend Amy told me to read this one because it's one of her favorite books. Um and it has beautiful writing. It has not the same premise, like not at all, but it's also um, historical fiction. And I, for reasons that I cannot explain to you, because that would be spoiling half of the book, it sort of comes down to the same thing as Adi Luru, but done better. Because there's real internal conflict, which I didn't get from Addie. None. The, it she felt just, like the characters didn't have an internal life at all. Yeah. Half the she time, just meanders was, through yeah. her life. Exactly. So I really did not like that. No. But it was not the worst Oh, of my reading of 2022. Because 2022... It was a disappointing in one specific genre. Um, I read two romances this week, this week, this year. Okay. Um, neither of them were good, but one of them was really, really oh, bad. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, 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 she knows where this is going. I know where this is I've going. I've ranted about this book so I was many so times, confused for a And second. I will never stop. Um, but it's Credence by Penelope Douglas. And yeah, I'm never reading that. Ick. Like so badly, it's no, 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 no. There's so much toxic behavior, so many toxic characters, so much, so much wrong with this book. Um, there is people trying to fuck a teenager, and now actually people actually fucking a teenager, like grown ass men, like a fifty year old dude, and. She is a teenager because 18 is a teenager. Um, 18 for a day is definitely a teenager. Um, so that is just the gross. Um, there's romanticized. R- r- romanticized. <laughs> What's you the can word? Do it. No, I can't. It's been a long day and I've had mainly coffee. Um, there's romanticizing. There we go. Of sexual assault, which Great. no, absolutely mm-hmm. never. 
um yeah and when it when it wasn't um making my skin crawl it was just boring because mm-hmm. in between the very problematic scenes they talk a lot about farming and tools and things and i don't i don't give a shit about tools and machinery <laughs> i'm sorry so yeah those were 470 pages that i should not have consumed um because they will haunt me for the rest of my life but yeah i don't think i'll ever read penelope douglas again because lady what the hell yeah well neither will i <laughs> thank you for taking one for the team well you're so welcome okay let's see what do i have um so mine are in the disappointment category um i have sea of tranquility by emily st john mandel she wrote station 11 which i absolutely loved um this one not so much she has three books out um station 11 the glass hotel and sea of tranquility and they all take place in like the same world but they are not like directly linked to each other so you can read all of them separately um this one centers around basically a glitch in the matrix um where if you go and stand under this specific tree in Canada, I think. I think all of her books take place in Canada. You can hear a spaceship taking off, someone playing the violin, and like other things too. And the glitch happens throughout history. So whether you're standing there in like the 1800s, you'll hear the spaceship taking off if you stand there in the year I don't know like 4,000 or something you'll hear the spaceship taking off Um, and of course that's not meant to happen so someone is sent there to take care of it Um, but I couldn't tell you like how or why or like who it is or like who sends them or something, but it's basically time travel stuff. The problem I had with it was that it felt very deus ex machina. Like everything just happened for the story's sake mm. and not because, not because it felt like the logical next thing to happen. So it felt very disjointed. I didn't connect to any of the characters because there were so many and they were only there for like a very short amount of time. And then the main character, like I couldn't tell you his name. I have no idea. It was a guy. That's all I remember. (laughs) That's a start. Yeah. It just just really didn't do it for me and I was Mm -hmm. so disappointed because I wanted to love it so much. That's such a shame. Yeah, it just didn't happen. Let's see. I'm just going to go through my list really quickly. Uh, Oh. I think there's actually one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I already forgot about this one. The Um, longer I look at my list, the more books pop up that I'm like, ooh, I should talk about that one. So this could go on forever. Yeah, well, this is the last one that I'm going to talk about because I have the same thing. Um, The Spanish Love Deception by Mm. Elena Armas if you look up best 
romance novels. This one is going to be on there for sure. Like, I just know it. That one and book lovers and uh, yeah, people who I meet actually, on vacation. I I've not read, read any of them. I read book lovers and liked it. Mm, Didn't love it, but liked it. The Spanish love deception, however, is, I mean, it has all of the tropes. Miscommunication, enemies to lovers, all of that shit. I hate miscommunication. Um, enemies oh, to lovers, I can get behind. Yeah. I like that. Miscommunication but miscommunication is, the, is such a cop-out. Yeah, it's the laziest of tropes. Anyway, mm. that wasn't even the worst bit. The worst bit was that all the way at the end, she does something that I just could not forgive her. Basically... Her love interest's dad ends up in hospital, like, on the brink of death. And Did she put him there? <laughs> no, 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 no. Uh, that would have Suddenly, been I would have wanted to read this book. Yeah. No, 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 no. No. Um, they, like, they have their, like, the, the deep point of the story. Mm. Like, when everything All is seems lost. lost. Yeah. yeah. So he has gone to his dad of course, as you do, to be with your dad in hospital. And she decides that this is the moment to win him back. <laughs> it's not about she, you right now, lady. Yeah, she goes to that hospital with one thing on her mind, and that is to win this guy back. And I was like, no. Self-centered much? No. If she had gone there because she was like, oh my God, he like could use some support like maybe I could just be there for him I mean get food like whatever so that he can be with his dad like be his support system that would have been wonderful but no like she just goes here to win there to win him back and I was so angry but that would also be the way to win him back right like that's how you show up that's how you show love that you're there i mean yeah that would have been if you great. do those things like make sure he has everything he needs yeah. see if you can help somehow. like call him and there. ask do you have spare clothes do you want me to pick you up something like i can go to your apartment i'm sure there's like a spare key somewhere do you need anything can i bring you anything like i really want to help tell me what you need just go like, no. have you had some water today yeah have you eaten today? That is how you're human. Do you want me to sit with your dad for like a, like 15 minutes while you go take a shower or something like that? Like the possibilities are literally endless. But no, she just goes there and says, I want you back. <laughs> Disgusting. So there was actually a book that I hated. See? Nice. See I had how al- we discover things. We I had already deleted go through it through the process. <laughs> yep. It was just gone. But it that's nice that it, that you deleted because I wish I could. <laughs> Honestly. Okay. Maybe we should leave the negativity behind. Yes, let's go on onwards and upwards to better things. Yeah. Do you have an idea of how many books you want to talk about? A couple. Wait, let me check. Yeah, count them. Around five, and then some honorable mentions, like two yeah. honorable mentions. Okay. But I'm not going to go in-depth about the five, because 
No, no, me neither. Otherwise, we'll still be here tomorrow. Yeah, guys, you've heard about these books. We have talked about them already. Oh, We're just yeah. gonna recap. Some of them more than we should. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Maybe we should start with our honorable mentions first. Oh, yeah. Okay. I like take turns. I'll start. Then that way we can switch. Yeah. Okay. My first one is Cyrano de Bergerac by Edmund Rostand. Uh, it's a play. It was translated by Anthony Burgess, who wrote A Clockwork Orange. And I listened to the LA Theater Works audio, I think it's something like that, with Hamish Linklater voicing Cyrano. Hamish Linklater, if you do not know, is... Uh, Remember, Ellen, keep this within uh, yeah, yeah. a short amount of time, because I will... if she can, she will talk about him for three days straight. Well... I could, but I won't. He um, he was the priest in the TV show Midnight Mass. I love that TV show, and I thought he was just absolutely amazing in it. But then I found this, and I was like, you know, why not? And I listened to it, and I fell in love with it. Like, absolutely obsessed. It was so good. It was so funny. It was so sad. It was everything. Um, so I loved it so much that I bought a physical copy of the play <laughs> so that I could read it. That's how much I liked it. Um, the reason that it's an honorable mention is that even though I really liked the play, I mostly liked the parts that they used in the audio production, which is not like the entire play. It's like bits and pieces. And I thought that was done spectacularly. So good. But like reading the entire play, some bits are a bit boring. <laughs> um, Which is why they left it out of the audio, maybe. Yeah, exactly. So that's why it's an honorable mention and not like a full out. Love this so much. Can't stop thinking about it. Well, my first honorable mention is um, also a book that I really liked, um, but not just for the book's sake. And that's At Night, All Blood is Black by David Diop. Um, that's actually one of my other honorable mentions, too. Oh, see, look at us. <laughs> Might be because we read it together um, when I was visiting you in Belgium. Um, it is a fantastic book. Yeah. It's fantastically written. Um, but what made it really special for me was that we read it while sitting next to each other on a couch. And then when we got to a phenomenal part, we were like, oh, my God, listen to this, listen to this. And then just read it out loud, no matter where the other one was within the story. <laughs> or we were like, if you get to that page, talk to me. <laughs> so that was really, really great. Um, That's exactly what I wrote down. It was very well written. But most of all, I love the experience of reading it together. Yeah. I mean, it was really well written, though, as yeah. well. It's We've talked about this book a lot already. It's about um, two soldiers. Yeah. They are, help me out, where are they from originally? I want to say Nigeria, but I'm not sure. Yeah. Some, they're African soldiers, but they're yes. fighting for the British because they have no choice. Um, and their best friends 
and one of them dies and then the other one just descends into madness yes um the writing portrays that so beautifully mm-hmm. and you just when you finish you're like wait a second yeah. and then i remember we like skipped back a couple of pages we tried mm-hmm. to figure it out um it is a fantastic book it is hard hitting at times definitely um, it's not an easy read but very necessary i think it also wasn't very um how do i want to put this the fact that they didn't like women or yes <laughs> <laughs> yeah we as women we do not well in that book um we are not welcome and we are not treated nicely yeah. um but if you if you like block out the misogyny it's a very good book it was beautifully written but for me it just didn't stick with me i never thought about it afterwards like every time i saw it on my list i was like oh that book was so good but i never like in everyday life i never thought about it mm. yeah so that was my first honorable mention should i do my second one as well you can or i can it's all the same to me um so it's not going to be long because i don't have that much to say it's basically i really like short stories um but it's very hard to talk about short stories Mm -hmm. especially short story collections because there's just so much in one book and it's all different and yeah yeah so this year i read cursed bunny Mm -hmm. by bora chong and it is so good it's mad and it's weird and gross at times. And it's just, it's fantastic. It really is. Um, if you're not afraid of the dark, inside and outside of people, um, and you like the weird and the bit of grotesque, go read Curse Bunny. You will not regret it. It's, it's fantastic. So yeah, that that was my other honorable mention. Mostly because okay. I can't give you a synopsis or anything because that's I, that's not how it works. <laughs> yeah, well, my last one also had a lot of misogyny in it, which is why I cannot in good conscience say that this is one of my favorite books of the year. It was Catch-22 by Joseph Heller. Massive book had been on my shelf for a long time and honestly I was a bit scared of it (laughs) but then Dan got COVID Um, he was fine he just coughed a lot and had to like self-isolate but he wasn't sick or anything Um, but him locking himself up in our bedroom meant that I was banished to the other bedroom like our daughter's bedroom and Believe it or not, um, when my husband isn't around to distract me with TV series or endless scrolling through YouTube, I do read quite a lot. So I read Catch-22 in five days or something. The amount of times throughout that book that I thought maybe I should just put this down like too many too many times I was like I'm about like two seconds away 
of throwing this book out of the window. But then every time when I thought this, a beautiful passage would come up and my faith was restored. Um, I highlighted and tabbed the hell out of this book. Like it is the book with the most like tabs in it that I own because there were so many things that I was keeping track of. I mean, it is really well done. And I understand why it's a classic. Will I read the sequel? No, <laughs> never. Was it worth it, though, in the end, that you didn't put it down? I think so. Well, that's good enough. Yeah, because I still don't really know how to feel about this book. And that makes it interesting. Mm, true. Like, that makes it special. Like I said, there was so much beautiful writing in it. There was also a lot of shit in that book, especially when they were talking about women. And after a while, I was just, ugh, just give it up. But no, uh, yeah, I did finish that one. I will never read it again. I will never read anything else he's written. But I did read that one. And I mean, it's an accomplishment in itself that I can now say that I read Catch Dwight. <laughs> I mean, it is still on my shelves, so I'm maybe now I actually, actually know what it, it means. Well. Yeah, I don't. Wow. I'm still ignorant, you know. I could spoil you, but and I don't won't. do it. <laughs> because anywhere between here and the next 20 years, I might read it as well. <laughs> Well, good luck. Let me know when you do. I will, for sure. So then we have our top five. What's on your... Do you have them, like, in order or no? I think kind of. Not really, but a little. Yeah. Like, I want to talk about two at first. Okay, And then Go. also mention a few others, because I can. Um, basically, I read some really good memoirs this year. Um, like, I read... Black Box by Shiori Ito, which is about the Me Too movement in Japan. Um, very hard to read, but very good book. I read Born a Crime by Trevor Noah, which is his mm, growing up as a mixed child in South Africa, which was very interesting. Yeah, during um, apartheid. Yes, and yeah. I read I Want to Die, But I Want to Eat Tokboki by Bekshi. Um not as awesome as I wanted it to be, but still very good. Um, mostly it was weird sometimes because um, South Korean culture is a bit different from my culture. And then there were some things that her therapist told her that I was like, are we really? <laughs> are we? That is that the advice we're giving? Are we sure? Um, so, yeah, that was a bit weird. Uh, but still, she's she was she's basically records her therapy sessions and then wrote them down, and that was um, interesting, very interesting. Mm -hmm. um, but the really really good ones that I read were um, first of all Ten Steps to Nanette by Hannah Gatsby. Mm -hmm. I absolutely adore Hannah Gatsby. Um, I watched her Netflix special Nanette about three times even though it breaks my heart and my soul every time I do I think it's some sort of self-harm that I'm participating in I'm not sure but it's so good 
Um, it's technically a comedy show, mm-hmm. but not really. Um, it's very hard hitting. It's there's lots of trigger warnings that you should definitely look up before you go into it. Um, it's about her growing up as a queer person in Tanzania. Um, it's about her life as a female stand-up comedian, a lesbian female stand-up comedian. Um, that also looks very, not very feminine. 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 Got it. Today and the words, they just don't, they just don't <laughs> word as well as they word other days. But yeah, she doesn't look very feminine. Um, and it's all about that. And then Ten Steps to Nanette is basically her entire life story or like the bits that she found should be in that book. Yeah. Which is not always the bits that other people will put into books. She's also autistic. Um, which comes through a lot in the book, which makes it so much more interesting. Um, And I think that links very much to the choices she made as to which parts of her life or which moments of her life she shares in that book and which she don't, she doesn't. Like some massively intrusive moments that happen to her life, she just mentions in passing but then goes into detail into like small quote unquote small things. Yeah. Um, and I love to see the choices she made and the way she writes, the way she tells her story is very vulnerable, but strong at the same time. Mm -hmm. So I admire her greatly. And I've been waiting for that book ever since I saw um the netflix special and i found out that she's writing it and i was like okay when is it coming when is it coming (laughs) and now it's finally here and it is amazing and the second memoir was by shanette mccurdy um called i'm glad my mom died um shanette mccurdy is an ex-disney star Mm -hmm. she was most known for her role as sam as in iCarly yeah the blonde girl. The blonde girl, exactly. The funny one. Um, yeah, and she talks about her mom, um, the relationship she had with her mom, the abuse that she suffered because of her mom. She talks about the life as a child star, especially under what's his face from Disney. I don't remember. Dan his Schneider. Name. Dan Schneider, exactly. Um, she talks about substance abuse. Uh, other sorts of abuse, sexual abuse, physical abuse, um, mental abuse. It's not easy to read at all. Um, but I listened to the audiobook, which is narrated by her herself, which makes mm. it so much more personal, but also amazing because yeah. you can hear her emotions while she's reading and you can hear it develop throughout the book. A friend of mine pointed out that she could hear towards the end how she's um, getting ready to be done with it. Yeah. And now I kind of want to re-listen and see if I can see that as well. Because you do hear like which parts are harder for her to, men- to read out than others. Mm-hmm. 
I'm really interested in that one. It's on my list. It's very good. And like I've never expected the life of Disney child's to, children to... What is with today? <laughs> I've never expected the life of Disney children to be void of abuse mm-hmm. and hardship because... Yeah, you know, but getting the details is but something But getting else the details entirely. and seeing how bad it really was. Um, especially from for kids that made a show that helped you deal with your own anxieties mm-hmm. because it gave you a chance for like 20 minutes to just not stress about the world. Yeah. That is hard. Yeah, I get that. My turn? Yes, your turn. Okay. Um... Well, I'll do these two together as well. They have nothing to do with each other. They're complete opposite. Couldn't be more different. Then it but, makes total sense to group them. Yeah, well, they are the two that were like slightly less than my top three. Which makes sense because it's top five. But like, I mean, there's, a, there's math, a divide. And <laughs> there is a divide. Like, there's a clear divide between these two and the other three. All right. Runners up first. Um, Dead Silence by S.E. Barnes is a space horror book that I listened to on audio. And I got so into it. (laughs) Like, I just, I couldn't stop listening to it. It's about this space crew that's on their way back from like a routine job and they pick up an SOS signal and they go and check it out because them are the rules. If there's some distress signal and you're closest, you have to go check it out. And they find this cruise ship, basically, that's been lost. Like it suddenly disappeared and no one know- knew where it went. And now they found it and... Everyone on board is dead and they want to go in, get like a piece of the ship so that they can prove that they found it, like claim it as their trophy. Um, Things don't go as planned. I thought that the suspense building was really well done. Um, I thought that... I don't know. It just it really got me into sci-fi again cuz I didn't read a lot of sci-fi last year and now all I want to do is read sci-fi and I think that book is like partly to blame. I just got so into it. There was romance in there that didn't necessarily need to be there, but it didn't bother me that much. Um I don't know. There were just a lot of really good things about that book. I am really intrigued by the story and I have started it. But I just, the narrator and me, we do not get along. Yeah, well, she so, didn't really annoy me. It, so I managed to get no. through it. But I understand. So I just like, might have to read it like myself instead of audiobook. Yeah. That might make it better. I've had other like audio narrators that I just could not listen to. So I completely get that. Mm-hmm. It's very hit or miss sometimes. Yeah. 
Then my number four spot is A Year in Provence by Peter Mayle. It's a nonfiction book um, about this British guy, Peter Mayle, and his wife, who buy a little house in the south of France. And it's basically just him describing a year, month by month, of living there. And it was incredible. <laughs> because I've gone to that region um, on holiday like a couple of times now. And so many of the things that he was talking about were like things that I recognized. Like the way that they talk, the way that they are, like the people who live in Provence, not the people who visit. <laughs> Not because, everybody visits because it's beautiful. Yeah, well, the people who live there have a very, very specific way of looking at visitors <laughs> that I also recognize. Just, But also like the descriptions of the landscapes, descriptions of towns, descriptions of food, descriptions of wine. Oh, all of it. I loved it so much. He's such a good writer. Like I really enjoyed it. It took me a long time to read this book because I read half of it well I want to say last year but the year before in 2021 and then I forgot where I put my copy <laughs> like I couldn't find it anymore and then by chance I rediscovered it this year just in time to pick back up where I'd left off because I made it to like I don't know I think I made it to July and we went to the south of France in July. So I took the book. Like I read the rest of the book before we left on holiday. And it was perfect. Like just the perfect moment and the perfect book. It was just so much fun. But, I mean, it's you, still a non-fiction. You were meant to lose it then. Yeah. Nice. You think that. But it's just me being messy sometimes. <laughs> No, no, no. It's fate. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was meant to be. Yeah, come on. The reason it's on, like, the fourth spot was that some parts of it are a little bit dated. Mm. Can't quite remember when this book was written, but it's been a while. Um, a lot has changed in the world since then. Um, and, like, there were, like, little bits when I was like, eh, sure. But, yeah. Everything else was great. So yeah, that brings us to our top three. Yeah, top three. Do we want to do spot by spot? Sure, let's. Well, okay. my spot three is, I can't really talk much about it. Um, it's Time as a Mother by Ocean Wong. Um, it's a poetry collection. Yeah. So there's not that much I can tell you about it. It's just, he's a beautiful writer. Um his words hold magic in my eyes. Um, and this is his newest collection. And I read it the second I got my hands on it. And I loved it. Great. <laughs> so that that's my very, very short spot number three. My spot number three was the first book I read in 2022. And it's Piranesi by Susanna Clark. A very good book. Another book that holds a kind of magic 
It had been a long time since I read a book where I could walk around in my mind's eye in the world that they were describing to me. I was in that house. Mm. It's a, basically just a guy chronicling the house where he lives, but the house where he lives is like ginormous, like endless halls filled with statues. Um, the sea, also, the comes, sea in. comes in. There's yeah. a hole in the ceiling. Yeah. yeah Susanna Clark drifting. does that so well, though. I've read Piranesi and I read Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell by mm-hmm. her this year, both. And she does that so well that the visual just comes yeah. to you. I love I don't know that. how she does that, but. Me neither. She does it. Yeah. So that's my number three. I just. I mean, I was kind of disappointed by the ending, but not enough to like take away from how much I enjoyed mm-hmm. the rest of it. The magical it was realism just... really does does magic yeah. in this one. It was really, really good. I was also disappointed at the ending, that's true. Yeah, it was a little bit too easy, I felt like. Yeah. But, you know, the writing it was just spectacular. Mm. So yeah, I want more of that this that's year. true. More of that kind of writing. Okay, number two. Uh, spot number two goes to a Swiss author, actually, uh, called Lucas Berfus, um, and his novel Koala, which is yeah. about koalas. Um, you had that one with you when you came to visit. Oh, I remember I you did. were reading it. Yes. It's a very strange book, um, which is why I like it, probably. It's about... Um, our main character, his brother, had committed suicide. Mm-hmm. And it's about the brother dealing with that and trying to make sense of why his brother would end his own life um, mm-hmm. and going, coming to some very, very disturbing conclusions about life itself and the purpose and the necessity of it all and whether or not that is around. Um, and then about halfway through, he talks about how his brother had the nickname Koala, and then he just digresses into the entire history of koalas. Which Does is... this man have ADHD? <laughs> I don't know. I should find out, actually, because it really is just... Um, the first half is, oh, my brother killed himself. Why would he do that? And then it's... Koalas. all about koalas <laughs> and then we sort of circle back to like should we even be alive we don't know <laughs> it's very disturbing i did need like a day or two to bounce back after i read this book because it does things to your mind which you don't really want it to do to your mind okay um which makes it just a more spectacular though also i know a lot about koalas now <laughs> which is cool because koalas are awesome important information yeah not very nice information because humans are involved. Humans are shit, but yeah, koalas are cute. Very defenseless too. <laughs> so yeah, um, if you read in German, go read koala. I don't know if it's been translated actually. I should look that up. Meanwhile, I'll talk about my second place. Yes, please. While you look that up. 
My number two spot goes to If We Were Villains by Emma Rio. I read this when I was down with the COVID uh, and was self-isolating in our bedroom. <laughs> and I just deep dived into this book. It's about a group of th uh, theater students and they are um, doing like a focus on Shakespeare plays at this very prestigious school of the arts. Um, and the longer things go on, the more they sort of link to the plays, I guess. Like they just lose the grip on reality a little bit. And in the beginning, you know that someone died and this the narrator was sent to prison for the murder but he says that he didn't do it so the question is then who did and you spend the book like trying to find out what happened exactly things just unraveled so beautifully <laughs> and I mean, I just really appreciated this book. I looked up every reference they made to every single play of Shakespeare. I wrote it down in the book. This quote comes from that play, this act, this scene. Um, that way, I pretty much figured out what was going on on page 16. But it was all the more fun to like really see it come to fruition. I read this book like a year ago or maybe two years ago. Yeah. See, I did none of that um, <laughs> because that's not how I work. Um, I'm just like, I'm ignorant about this play, <laughs> but I'm just here for the ride. We'll see what happens. So just for you out there who do not deep dive as Alan does. Yeah, you don't have to. You don't to. have to. It is an that's amazing book. me. Even if you have no clue about the place, like like me, because I, I don't do Shakespeare. Well, I don't know a lot about Shakespeare. I do know bits and pieces that I've learned by reading books that feature the plays. Like, that's how I learn about them. But then I don't deep dive because I'm like, nah, no. Yeah. So well, it doesn't matter if you're just along for the ride. It's still an amazing book. Absolutely. I think I'm one of the few who actually deep dives while reading this book. But then again, I deep dive into most books that I like. So, yeah. It's just a thing that I do. I wish I could do that more. I, I, I will do it for you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I really liked it. Did you find out whether that book was translated into English? I don't think it's been translated, but I did find Boom. an interview that the title of the interview is I'm Still Afraid of This Book. And okay. I think that summons up the book quite well for me as well. <laughs> but I don't think it's been translated. Okay. Exactly. Someone what is it. what is your favorite book of last year? So, speaking of books that scare you, my favorite book of last year is by Sarah Moses, and it's called Tenderest of Flesh. Ooh, really? Yes. Wow. It, has, it was such a good book. Um, slightly disturbing. So the premise is our main character is this man, young-ish man, 
like end 20s mid 30s something like that maybe mm-hmm. um he took over the factory from his dad which yep. was um a slaughterhouse mm-hmm. he took it over when they were slaughtering pigs but since then a virus has broken out that has infected all the animals and if you eat the animals you die So Mm -hmm. people have stopped eating animal meat and switched to humans. So now the slaughterhouse, as you do, because why go vegetarian if there's still flesh walking around? Um, So the slaughterhouse has since upgraded to human kettle instead of pigs. And it's very disturbing in how they talk about the humans in the factory and how in their eyes they're completely different from the humans outside of the factory. Mm-hmm. And then there's like wild people who don't eat manufactured meat, but just like people they find in the streets, basically. <laughs> um, and then there's a whole a personal storyline of him and his wife and they're trying to have a baby. Um and it's it's great commentary on our society. It's definitely a plea for all of us to be vegan. Um, because there's a cheese scene that you will not forget once you've read it. Um, it is disturbing a bit, but in the most wonderful way. Okay. And I, I don't know what else to say. It's I'm not a fan of cannibalism. <laughs> whatsoever um, I'm glad that you specify that <laughs> didn't know I had to but t- just for the record no I would never um, yeah tender is the flesh read it don't nice. eat while you do but uh, read it <laughs> don't read it on one of your cozy days <laughs> it's not really cozy vibes no <laughs> No, it's also not the only cannibal book that I read this year, but uh, it is the better of the two. Well, maybe there will be more cannibal books to read in 2023. I mean, it's only mid-January now. There's still still so much time. I have a couple that I have to send to you. Ooh, nice. Yes, please. Let's see if it's as disturbing as this one. Yeah, I don't know why but there have been like a lot of cannibal books lately that's a scary trend yeah i'll send them to you (laughs) good okay Um, now we want to know about your yeah favorite i felt like i had to think about this way too long but then once i realized it was so obvious um, my favorite book of 2022 is Into the Wild by John Krakow. Mm, a great book. Wow. What a book. What a book. I think it's the only book that made me cry this year. Which, I mean, says a lot about the other books that I read. Because I usually cry quite easily. <laughs> <laughs> but this one just... Oh, I was so in awe of his writing skills. It was absolutely amazing. 
I remember just at one point calling Dan, my husband, over and just sitting him down and saying, listen, listen to this and just reading out an entire page of the book because I was just so, it was just so good. It's just so amazingly written. Um, this is a non-fiction book that John Krakauer wrote after writing an article as because he was a journalist. Um, he wrote an article in the magazine that he was working for following the death of Christopher McCandless, um, who hiked into, into the wild, into Alaska, um, because he wanted to be away from society and humanity, and he wanted to live off the land for a couple of months. And he ended up dying there. Um, so after his body was discovered, John Krakauer wrote an article about it for the magazine that he was working for. And it was the article that um, got the most people to like send in their comments or send in a reply. He said that that had never happened before. Like this really just did something to the people who read it. And some people were like, I get it. I get why he felt like he needed to get away from society because we're not doing really well. Um, our capitalist world just does not work for everyone. But then there were also people who were like, he was just stupid. Like, what a stupid thing to do. He was so unprepared. He didn't know what he was doing. He was arrogant. He thought it was going to be easy. Um, I mean, I don't see why you would waste paper on this guy. He doesn't deserve it. And so on and so on. I mean, to be honest, I read this book like four years ago or something. And uh -huh. I kind of agree with both voices. Because he yeah. was arrogant. He was thinking that this is going to be Actually, easier than know. it was. He was somewhat prepared. But I also totally get why he did it. Yeah. And uh, to an extent, I'm very impressed in how he did it. Because he did survive mm -hmm. quite a while. Yeah. And I mean, do I think it was a big mistake to start out at like five minutes before winter in mm -hmm. Alaska? Sure. But still, it's, it's, I don't know, it's weird. In my mind, I'm like, he's a dumbass, but I'm so impressed at the same time. Yeah, I don't feel like he was very unprepared. I think he just made choices that ended up costing him his life, such as not taking a map or like a detailed map, because that could have shoes. saved him. Yeah, proper shoes, because he thought that, like, spring would come early, but spring was late that year. And, like, there were just lots of little things that he decided not to do that ended up biting him in the ass and killing him, basically. Um, but the, the book is about so much more than just this random dude hiking into Alaska and dying there. It's about everything that happened before he went to Alaska. It's about other people who also went into the wild. 
and either came back or didn't. And it's also about John Krakauer's own experiences with taking risks and either regretting him or not regretting him. There was just so much in, t- in this book. It's not a very long book, but it just, it was so well done. I think that is part of why it fascinates me so much. Um, the fact that he took the risk. Like he mm-hmm. wanted to do that and then he went out and he did it. Because yeah. that is something I personally hardly ever accomplished. To just go like, ooh, I want to do that, so I'm doing it. Yeah. I need to like think it through 1,000 times and then 1,000 times more and then procrastinate a bit and then think, oh my God, maybe I shouldn't. And then more than half the time I end up not doing whatever it is I wanted to do. Mm-hmm. And he's just like, you know what? Fuck this shit. I'm out of here and I'm going. And then he just does it. And I'm like, yeah, yes, please. I, mean, I need some of that. I think part of him being able to do that was of course because he like started off from a place of privilege he decided to give away all of his money but he had money he decided to give it away but he had a car so he could drive around he was a white boy who like a lot of people thought that he was quite handsome which makes it way easier to get stuff done um, yeah, and it's less scary to just sit in strangers' cars because he does yeah. get hitch quite a few rides to get to where yes. he wants to go and stuff like that. I mean, I'm not saying that to take anything away from him and his experience, but I do want to point that out because it would be a completely different thing for a lot of us. Mm. Um, like we would be taken advantage of way easier than him so I mean that doesn't change the fact that he did all of those things it doesn't change the fact that he decided to like follow the idea that he had um but I mean it we we do need to point that out (laughs) I feel like yeah he he did have some things going his way um helping him along anyway I love this book so, so much. Um, it may, makes me want to pick up more things by John Krakow. I know he wrote, I think it's called Into Thin Air, about like mountain climbing. Mm-hmm. Um, I have one of his books as an ebook um, about um, sexual assault on a college campus. Mm-hmm which I think is going to be less beautiful to read yeah, because of the topic. Um, but I still want to read it. Yeah. Well, I want to read more books about nature next year, which is one of my resolutions. So yeah. stay tuned for the other ones. So let's, I'm not going to spoil all of them. We've we been going, going for a long it? time, though. Should we not? Oh, we have... I mean, I'm not saying we should stop, but maybe we should stop the episode here. All right. Like, end Stay on tuned. High. Stay tuned for our next episode where we talk about this year, 2023. 
yes. and what we want from it reading wise that way we can really take our time and go into like our resolutions a little bit because i feel like otherwise we would have to hurry yeah let's not hurry nah this has been long if you stuck around all the way to here thank you so much um if you're up for it send us the best the worst the most disappointing the most surprising anything you read that you want to share um dm us on instagram yes harass us there do whatever share your reads we want to yeah, know we're always interested well um that's going to be it for this episode we will see you again very shortly or here you know yeah here 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 here, <laughs> here, here. <laughs> okay Soon. until next time bye bye